How are you, David? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm sick, but that's okay. Nobody cares. Um, isn't it really early in the morning in Australia? Uh, it's almost 7 a.m., I think, but <clears throat> besides that, um, things are rosy. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you're sick, but yeah. Well, there's a lot of crap in the world. I tried to turn off the TV. Yes, isn't it ever? It's just, it's, we need pop culture now more than ever. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good escapism for sure. Yeah. Huge wars, huge amounts of refugees. It's it's very depressing. And <clears throat> I think it was Rosie O'Donnell I was listening to recently who said for people with, well, really for anyone, but she was talking specifically about people with mental health issues. She was advising to be aware of what's going on in the world, but don't sit there and consume it day in, day out because yeah. that lack of locus of control, you can't do anything about it, could be quite a despair. That's very true. That's what my mother tells me all the time because I'm a big, I, I always have the news on. I'm like, I have to shut it off. I have to shut it down, you know, find, get into my hobby thing. <laughs> you're like me then. Are you, you're a huge uh, like consumer of news. Yes. I, 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 I have, I don't know how many different websites that I'm connected to, to give me news. So my phone is constantly, okay, what's this? What's this? You know, somebody mm. dying, something happening major, like, I don't know if you heard, but 30, 30 Israeli soldiers got killed today. Mm. It's yeah. Again, again, going back to what we were talking about just earlier, it's, I, I, I had to shut it down. I mean, I, I want to know what's going on, but then it's like, and then I put on Christmas music to him. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite extreme, right? Yeah. Harry Connick Jr. He'll, he'll fix it all. Yes. And I'm, I'm a Harry Connick over a Michael Buble any day. Oh, I hope so. God, Michael, bloody buble. Buble, buble, buble. That's all I can say. <laughs> like, yeah. people complain about Mariah Carey at this time of year. I'm like, I want somebody to have a moratorium on Michael Buble just for one year. Let us all yeah. recover. I agree. Yeah. Uh, does he Does he really have a huge holiday catalog? Yes, he bloody well does. It never ends. <laughs> oh, I know God. Harry Connick does, too. I, I know Harry Connick has two old Christmas albums, but. Well, he's allowed, though. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Bublé's all right. I shouldn't be so rude. I just at this time of year, you do get um, saturated with the same stuff, don't right. you? Really, right? Talking about news, Meghan Markle. You and I both have the same beef with this woman. I I did this <laughs> podcast, which I've tried to find. Right when they first first came out in the media that they were together, I did a podcast with someone, and it never made it for whatever reason, and I can't find it. But I said. Mark my words, this is going to put like Fergie and Andrew and the Diana stuff like into the shade, like what will happen. Because I said, this lady is trouble on two legs. I can see it a freaking mile off. And I know a lot of us could, but as someone who's followed the monarchy and and royal scandals and drama all my life, I just knew she was, if we thought Fergie sucking toes beside a pool with her businessman in inverted commas was bad, uh, this was going to be nuclear. And as it turns out, it was. She's pretty quiet these days, but she's still lurking around. Are you worried she's about to re-emerge, David? Well, yeah, that, that's a perfect word, I think, for Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, quote unquote. Yeah, she lurks around and she's, um, I think... She's a. I think she's a very calculated person, very manipulative person. So she she knows how to work the press. Uh, she knows when to lay low. I mean, look what she did in May for the king's coronation. She didn't want to get booed. She knew she'd get booed if she went to London. 
So instead, they use the the excuse about you know Archie's birthday. Oh, a four year old doesn't care what day you have his birthday on. <laughs> oh well, what better present than going to you know to the king's party as well? Right. You know, right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, look. T- to be fair, by that stage, I think she would have been a fool to come over. There was no rehabilitating her image by that stage. Did you watch the Netflix series? Uh, I I passed on it, and so <laughs> a few of my friends. And a couple family members are like, I can't believe you're not watching. I just did not want to give them the time of day. I couldn't. Mm, I yeah, couldn't. It's, it was hard to stomach. Look, I'm going to be fair. The first episode was, I found it really beautiful. The first episode was all about, I suppose, a little bit of her childhood, a little bit of his, and then how they met. And it was beautiful. It was like any two bloody teenagers that meet. And I always find that very sweet. Like, uh, again, putting aside the whole, oh, I didn't know who he was, crap, and all of that sort of stuff, put all that aside, and, and that she orchestrated the meeting. I have no doubt about that, even though they denied that, or she denied that completely. Something about Instagram, exchanging pictures on Instagram. It was a very sweet love story, and there was no doubt when they first met that it was the flush of love that two people get when they first meet, that's for sure. Um, but calculated, how long had she been working on this plan, do you suspect? Oh, to meet Harry. You know, again, I I don't know anything about the royal family, yet it comes out years later, you know, her diary and and her her photos in front of Buckingham Palace, and she knew all about Diana. So I think she looked at Harry as like, kind of, I'm going to, I'm not the damsel in distress. He's the damsel in distress. I'm going to go rescue him. I thought, I think that's what her mindset was on, on capturing him. She knew how to work him and mm. he fell madly in love with her. Why, why are people like you and I able to see her when she first came on the scene, holding his hands, smiling for the cameras? Why could we see right through it? What is it about her? Because People keep telling me, oh, she's a master manipulator. She's so clever and canny. And I'm like, she's not. You can spot her a mile off. That's not clever. <laughs> For me, Tim, it was actually uh, the sit-down engagement video. Um, I wanted, Believe me, in the beginning, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. But early on, I've always been very intuitive with reading people. I should have gotten into psychiatry, psychology, whatever. But... Um, it was that sit down with the engagement. I'm like, she. I feel like she's acting on TV. It wasn't genuine. It was pure acting. Every time there's a camera around, you can you can see the flicker in her eyes. She's phony. She's she, she's not genuine. She's phony. Totally. I see it all the time. She's obsessed with her image, like to a point that people don't even get. Even if you don't like her, I can assure you, you're underestimating how much she is aware of where the camera is, what the angle of her face is, yes. what she's looking, where, she, what she's presenting in terms of her energy, her body language. My son tells me she's a very good actress. I haven't watched her on Suits, but he loves the show. And he said, Dad, I know you don't like her, but she's really good in Suits. Yeah, as Rachel. I mean, I never got into that show. Watched a couple. I mean, you know, for what the show was, she, you know, she's your typical TV actress. Uh, I watched, I tried to get through one of her Hallmark movies. OMG. Oh yeah. I mean, I think most people would think she's more C or D list. 
there's very deep-seated problems there, David, and I know that there was a guest who came on recently who told me, you're not a psychiatrist, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair enough, but I have my view. When you The story she's told, because I've listened to her, I've watched her Netflix, I listened to her Spotify, the Spotify um, podcast Archetypes, which was absolutely a masterclass in manipulation. You should listen to it. It's horrendous. And she keeps telling this story about when she was a child. Have you heard this one? There was an advertisement telling women that there was a dishwashing liquid. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, God, she loves telling that story. And But for me, she struck me as that little girl who value, who who calculates her value based on how other people perceive her right from that age. Because when she tells that story, she's a lot less focused on the change that happened and more about what the teacher said, what her dad said, how her mum reacted, how people all over the world reacted. You've got to listen to it, listen to all the versions. She's told it at least four times. Listen to every version. Every version, the emphasis is on the perception of her, not how she felt intrinsically, right. but the ex- extrinsic reward she received from it. It's fascinating. Right. Yeah. And and she also got praise from Hillary Clinton, right? And it all, go all the way to the First Lady. Exactly. There was, and she loves it. She, all these people. My teacher told me how good I was. Hillary told me how good. Whoever it was, you know, mm-hmm. fascinating. So, for me, at the end of the day, even though I find her a very unlikable character, underpins everything that she seeks. Her her main value system in life is affirmation, the affirmation of others. She needs it. She craves it, and without it, she feels worthless. She, last month, no, it was actually September, she was at a charity benefit with an A-lister, Kevin Costner. Here she is on the stage. Like, it's all about her. Somebody's walking over to give the the microphone to somebody else, and she's like, oh, me, me, microphone time? It's just everything she does. It's like, oh, it's always about you, always about her, front and center. She's crafted how to be demure, classy humble like these are the acting lessons now they're not real they're not authentic megan but around it she's realized that it's to be uh ambitious and raw and just going like a bull at a gate is unattractive i wish she'd just do that because that's herself she's a highly ambitious and if she just came out and went that's it i'm going to take it a bit like eva peron did fine that's who you are i can accept that but she's wrapped around the diana factor she studied that and tried to wrap that around the nugget of her, and it's incompatible. It's a terrible combination. Yeah, agree, agree. It's uh, to for anyone to try to, no one, even even Mother Teresa, you nobody could compare themselves to Diana. We'll never have that again. There's tons of videos where you see her break character and drop face, and right, and you would think. She, I mean, she's smart. She's going, she's going on on media and looking, looking stuff up on her, on herself. I know she is. You would think she'd be a little more keen on, on knowing when she's dropping that, that, that face, you know? What's her end game? Do you think she, she used her connections to manufacture a meeting with Harry, as you say, he, she probably instinctively felt his vulnerability and his absolute need to protect, because everything about Harry is he needs to protect ever since his mother died. And I've read his book, and 
yeah, his psychology is really fascinating and sad as well. Mm-hmm. So they were always going to end up together. But what's her end game? Because these two can't last. It's just it's a it's a terrible, terrible, terrible match. Uh, right. Over time, it's a terrible match. Anyway, it was I'm sure it was very healthy for both of them for a point in time. I think they've got two children now, don't they? They've got Lilibet and Archie. Right. What's her end game? Is it politics? Does she want to be the president? I I think that's the only route she can go, Tim, because Hollywood is turning their back on her. Uh-huh. Um, George Clooney, who was invited to that wedding, not even knowing who they both were. <laughs> uh, him and Amal, there was a recent event, completely, you know, discarded them. You're not our friends. You're you're phony, you know, <laughs> all about, <laughs> oh, just because you have Duke, Duke and Duchess, well, he's a prince, but he's also a Duke, that, you know, that's, we'd rather hang with William and Catherine <laughs> because they're true royalty. <laughs> and class. That's but, right. But yeah, so she doesn't have the Hollywood. She, I mean, the podcast thing was a disaster. They have their Netflix thing, which they haven't shown a lot of promise with. So the, yeah, Tim, I believe that the only thing she can do, and she's a master manipulator, and I think she's lied quite a bit. Yeah, go into politics. That's right up your alley, girlfriend. It's very fascinating how she's cut off everybody, right? So the the in-law family, no contact. Her own family, no contact. There was even one lady who, I can't remember who she was, but uh, she came out in favour of Megan or spoke positive in positive terms. Uh, she's apparently estranged as well. There are so many friends that are now estranged from Megan. Uh, it must be a very sad place to live in that world where if somebody is of no longer a use to you, you don't keep them in your life. And for Megan, what does of use mean? It means somebody who admires her and sort of worships her. And the moment that they say anything critical, she she cuts them off because that goes against that principle of I need affirmation, I need to be perceived as smart, creative, intelligent, all the things that she wants to be, right? Must be lonely. You would think, right? I mean, I think what it, what it is is she's used people as stepping stones. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, word of mouth gets out there. And for both of them, and I, I, I wonder, I, when Harry has his alone time, does he think to himself, what kind of woman did I marry? Of course. And does. then Tim, think about it. They, their children have nobody because she's cut off her family, except Doria. And then his family's cut off. So those poor little kids have no cousins, no aunts, no, nobody, no family, nobody. There was no accountability in that Netflix documentary. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the one moment where I might see a glimmer in her eyes of, I could have done that differently, or I didn't handle that well. But everything was about how they were blamed. But this was the part that stood out for me of the whole, how many hours was it? Two, four, six, eight, maybe about 12 hours worth of documentary. The story that stood out for me most was, and God knows why they told it, David, they had an argument, Megan and um, Harry. They had an argument, and he raised his voice at her, and Harry's telling this story, not her. And Megan composes herself, doesn't say a word, and vacates the room. And Harry talks about how shocking this was, because in his upbringing and in his world you 
you stand up to each other and you yell and you have it out. But he goes in, he finds her sitting on the bed, such a, such an image. And Harry, people say he's not bright. I don't agree with that. But he's telling the truth. When he walks in the bedroom, she's sitting sideways on the edge of the bed. And he's basically, I'm, I'm so sorry, my love. I'm so sorry, my love. And she goes, if you ever talk to me like that again, I'll leave. Everything with Megan is cutting the ties. I'll cut the ties with that business venture, that person, that family member. It's reactive attachment all over. There's very few people who go, I'm in team Megan. Very few. Even young girls who you'd think would be up for that shtick, they don't. They see right through her as well. I don't think she makes friends very easily, this girl. I'm sure she never did. And she doesn't keep friends, certainly. So uh, when I'm sitting there thinking about Megan and how much I dislike her, I try to rationalise it to be fair to her. I try to think, well, she must it must come from a source of pain. I would think so. Now, you're a but Diana I, I, fan. How, how does it, it must rile you up when you see her trotting all over the globe trying to be Diana? Yeah, I... Uh, I I hey, I even knew Kate would. As much as I love Catherine, the Duchess, uh, excuse me, Princess of Wales, and Duchess of um, uh, Cambridge, I, I, I'm not worried about that because no one will touch Diana. No one will touch her light ever. We'll never see that again. I always say that to people, I, and again, I always tell people, yeah, I'm. I, she's a very flawed woman, and she had her issues. But I think with Diana, you got real. You didn't get phony. You didn't get manipulative. You got a real woman who was broken, but who had a heart of gold. And all she wanted to do was help people and make people feel good and let them know that we're all the same and we're okay. And Megan is all about money and power. That's it. Any manipulation from Diana, I think, really came from a place of survival as well, because there was manipulation there. She was certainly manipulating the media. <clears throat> and oh, she could yeah, sure. well, yes, yes. Diana was very good at that. <laughs> yeah, and, and and people, when she was even her self-described arguments with Charles, they were manipulative, but they came from a place of survival. She was doing it to survive. With Megan, she's doing it to climb. Yes, and so that's that's the difference for me. One is yes. sort of a human experience; the other is, well, it still is, to be honest. But it's a it's a much more unpalatable reason. Diana wasn't an actress, and Megan is. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> there were stories about the interactions between Megan and Catherine or Kate that really, like, I must admit, they were delicious to read. Did you read the story about when things were really bad and they finally had a sit down together? Um, Kate, William, Harry, and Megan. I was not aware. Maybe I was. Maybe I forgotten. This was obviously when they were still in the royal family or working. I'm sorry, in the institution. They were preparing for Harry and Megan's wedding, and things went off the rails and. William did not like Megan from the start, pretty much. Kate tried, I I believe, for longer to be accepting, but eventually became very wounded and hurt. In Harry's book, this is from, and he describes how um, Kate sat there and her fingers were in the couch, uh, what do you call them, The, uh, the arms of the couch, so 
tight that Kate's finger, the ends of her fingers were white. That's how hard she was pushing into it because she was so tense and didn't want to be there. Right. Right. And I did, I did hear about that with the, the, the numerous, the numerous stories I have read. Yeah. See, I've never, I didn't read Spare and I didn't watch their, their Netflix series. So, but Granted, I watch a lot of vloggers and read a lot of British news. So mm. try to stay away from the tabloids because, you know, how much of that is real and truth? <laughs> it's so stressful for them both that they go to a a therapist of some kind and the, ther- the therapist puts things onto tape for them to listen to. So they're back in their, you know, penthouse apartment and they're doing yoga on the floor. <laughs> Have you seen that? And they both got their eyes closed and the tapes going, you are good enough. You are okay. The world is wrong. And then the tape finishes and she just puts her hands down, slowly opens her eyes and just wipes the tears away. And she's deliberately left her hair, you know, not quite as manicured as always because she's always communicating out. That was deliberate too. She's unbelievable. And she just thinks everyone's so dumb. Mm -hmm. Can't sleep through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What That's would brilliant. you do if if you came across Megan? How would you would you talk to her? Would you turn your back? You'd no, I light. wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything to her. Mm-mm. You wouldn't. Mm-mm. Nope. That's the God honest <laughs> truth. If I saw Ka- Catherine, I would probably faint. But yeah, but yeah. Megan, no. <laughs> I'd be like liar, manipulator, <laughs> vindictive, opportunistic. <laughs> and that's just all on your T-shirt, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think their strategy is right now? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, I mean, their strategy sh- should be to do charitable work and not make it about them. Mm. Anything that doesn't make it about them. When she, I don't want to get off topic, but I mean, when she was at the Invictic, and at the Invictus Games and came on the stage a little late. She's like, oh, she made it about her and her kids and always oh, stopped for milkshakes. It's like, no, it's about the people out there. Don't talk about, they don't want to hear about your family. Stop mm-hmm. it. So <laughs> I think honestly, there's an article actually, I was looking online and it said, um, it's from the New York Post, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle want to drop poor me narrative to keep making money. So the question is, is what are they going to do? They're going to try to make money. She's, she's trying to get the bodyguard too with Kevin Costner. Get out. Yes. Stop it. Yes. Look it but up. That's what Diana was going to do. Yep. That's why she wants to do it. Oh dear Lord. <laughs> that's sickening. So, I hope that's just a rumor. That's, that's all. Uh, look it up. To, there's, uh, I mean, there's been a, it's been kind of a, a rumor flying around for the last year, I'd say. Mm. Mm. But going back to your question, what's their next chapter? What's their next move? What what can they do? What can he do besides charitable work and uh, go into some <laughs> rally to give somebody an award? Uh, but what, see, that's what, what he would want. I would think, David Harry. I think he he has no desire. In fact, quite the opposite because of all his experiences, again, having read his book. I think that he would happily go and live in Africa doing wonderful things because he's a genuinely good person and mm-hmm. definitely an outward-facing person. And right. he doesn't need – in fact, I think he, he despises – well, we not, not I think. He says he despises the media attention. Right. Whereas how's that compatibility with her? There's no way – even though she's been very quiet for about 18 months to two years now, 
there is no way that is her long-term plan. So how does that work when he wants to lay low and do charity and and promote world causes and good on him? Which, by the way, what does that sound like? Royalty work, right? So mm-hmm. it's, he right. might have left the royal family, but that's in, it's in his DNA. How does it work when that's not her strategy? Fascinating. Yeah, and that's why I think that in the next two, three years, there won't be a Harry and a Meghan because mm. they really are different people. They're, yeah. they're the same in victimhood. I think that's what bound them together pretty much. But what else do they have besides that? Well, it's it's an ongoing soap opera, David. I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds, I must admit. For everything I've said today um, about Megan, I can't keep my eyes off her. I don't know. what I'm, I'm just that type of person, though. I pass a car accident and need to stop the car and go and right. have a look and see if anyone needs any help and if I can be nosy, basically. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. It's going to be interesting. Well, su- supposedly the TIG... You know, that website, uh, the well-being yeah. website she had had before she got into royalty. I guess she's rebooting that. And then another thing that she's supposedly um, working on is her memoir. But again, what kind of people is she going to have around her to say yes, no, yes, no? Because we're kind of tired of hearing about you bashing the royal family. What's, what's her memoir going to be like? You know, King Charles just didn't understand me. <laughs> well, people go on about Madonna, you know, laying her life too bare. I've never seen anything like Meghan. I don't know what else there is to tell. I know every step of her childhood. I know every teacher she ever had. I know how she got into acting. I just don't understand what it would be, but it would be sickening to read because if it's anything like the podcast and she has no insight into how she's coming across so self-indulgent mm-hmm. so reading a memoir from her that would be the hardest challenge of all for me listening to right. it is one thing but picking up a book and reading it yeah been there done that move on we're tired of you, you guys are a one-trick pony enough i'll leave it on this i hope that he reconciles with his family and i hope she reconciles with hers as well but yes i just think agree 100 um, percent. yeah I, agree to disagree some- family's gold and yeah they, they can get really annoying and he's from the most famous family, but and there's issues there. But you know what? There's still blood. Agree to disagree. Shut up. Live your life. Be kind. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wise words there, David. Has it been fun being back on the show? Yes, I always love doing your shows. I appreciate you reaching out to me for this, being the royal lover I am. <laughs> well, I knew from your Facebook that we probably had something in common over the Megan <laughs> situation. Yes. So I thought, we need to do this once and for all. So, David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. 